Before I get into my soliloquies on what has transpired within the past week in the NFL, can I just say one thing to Daniel Jones, the quarterback for the New York football giants? Can I say one thing only? You had one job. I don't understand for the life of me. How in the world are you going to run 80 yards all by yourself with no eagle near you? And you trip and fall. That I cannot get over. It's funny because it's Daniel Jones. But it's not funny because, one, I feel bad for Giants fans who have to go through this now that they lost Saquon Barkley for the whole year. And not to mention, I can't stand the Eagles. I hate Eagles. They are the worst. Oh my god. The fans specifically. I like some of their players, but I can't stand the fans. And so I root against the Eagles. And for... Daniel Jones to have that 80 yard run all by himself only for him to trip it could have changed the whole game had he at least scored a touchdown on that run not only would the Giants have won the game but the Eagles would have been a 1-5-1 and record and to this day I still can't get over it it's been since last Thursday and I'm still not over this loss and I'm not even a Giants fan but I just want either the Giants or Washington to beat the Eagles out for this division because we all know the Dallas Cowboys are done. Now, on better terms, welcome to the Mock Draft, everyone. I'm Carlos. I am your host. And today, we have a couple of things to discuss. The first thing I want to discuss today is Antonio Brown is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He has to first serve his eight-game suspension, and he will not be ready to play until week nine when Tampa Bay hosts the New Orleans Saints on Sunday Night Football. So Antonio Brown, for those of you who do not know, he is suspended for eight games for multiple violations of league personal conduct. Now everyone wants to know, does Antonio Brown being with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers help or hurt them for a chance to not only play in the Super Bowl, but also win the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay? They could become the first team in NFL history to win the Super Bowl in their own home stadium. Now for me, I think this helps Tampa Bay short-term wise. Long-term, I have no idea just yet. Antonio Brown is a high-risk, high-reward type of player. He is all-world receiver when he is playing. He could technically be one of, if not one of the three best wide receivers in football when he is right. I'm not talking like injury-wise. I'm talking his off-the-field issues. And he has quite a bit of a history with off-the-field incidents. He also does tend to have problems within the organization, whether it be with other players or even coaches and GMs. I want to begin with from what I saw on TV from hearing in reports and all that when this all transpired on Antonio Brown becoming a different type of player that most people would not expect to see 
from a world talent perspective. In 2018, week 12, the Steelers were at Denver. They were down 24-17. They had a minute and seven left to go. They were fourth and goal at the Denver three-yard line. Big Ben Roethlisberger was trying to throw the football to Antonio Brown, what would have been the game-tying touchdown, but instead was intercepted. A few days later, Ben Roethlisberger was on his radio show, and he was talking to a few people on how Antonio Brown ran the wrong route, and that caused him to throw the interception, for which it could have been the game-tying touchdown, but instead it ended up being the game-saving touchdown for the Denver Broncos. Antonio Brown did not like it one bit. He did not like to be criticized. And because of that, him and Big Ben Roethlisberger will always have indifferences between one another. They did love each other, but they also hated each other. It was a very strained relationship. Mike Tomlin also had a bit of a relationship problem with Antonio Brown. And it all goes back to 2017, the divisional round at Kansas City. The Chiefs were the number two seed at the time. The Chiefs lost to the Steelers 18-16. to And Antonio Brown did something that you should not really do when things are supposed to be kept in a locker room. He went on Facebook Live and started recording himself, obviously, you know, celebrating. But you can hear in the background, Mike Tomlin is giving an emotional speech on preparing to play the New England Patriots. That video went viral because he was on Facebook Live. And so Mike Tomlin did not know what to say afterwards. He had to answer a lot of questions. And that video alone motivated the New England Patriots to not only beat the Steelers, but also to destroy the Steelers. It was an embarrassing AFC Championship game. Le'Veon Bell obviously went out with injuries that game. We all know that. But I didn't think it was going to change the game because they kept in check for the most part that offense so these two things played a huge role on Antonio Brown being traded from the Steelers to the Raiders the first one was obviously the Mike Tomlin emotional speech that I don't want to repeat what he said exactly because it's something that fueled and got the Patriots angry about and want to make sure that they sent the message to the Steelers on not to talk. And number two was the Big Ben and AB relationship. Now, Mike Tomlin has said he was able to tolerate such behavior for such a long time because Antonio Brown at least was producing numbers to help them win. However, if he was not producing and they were also losing games, then obviously changes were going to happen. Another thing that happened with Antonio Brown was jealousy. He did not like the rise of Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster also won team MVP the last year Antonio Brown was there. Antonio Brown won the previous four years and he was clearly furious that he did not win it. Obviously, Antonio Brown is a phenomenal player. No one is disputing that. But his issues with only wanting to be a me guy and not a team guy really divided the whole locker room, coaches, and everything about the Steelers. So he gets traded to Oakland. And they decide to give him 
three years, $50 million, $30.1 million guaranteed. And obviously things went down before their first game of the season. So Antonio Brown had issues with the current NFL helmet that the NFL players are required to wear. He wanted to wear his own helmet, but that was banned for unknown reasons. I'm not sure what the reasons are. So he filed a grievance to keep the headgears that he wanted. So because of that, Antonio Brown was not at team practices nor walkthroughs. He was never at team meetings because he wanted to practice with his helmet. He did not want to do things their way. He wanted to do things his way. So a few weeks later, he returned to practice, but then he leaves the team's facility once again after learning that he had lost the grievance for wanting to stick with the helmet that he personally wanted to wear. Comes back to practice again, and then he loses a second grievance, and then things went south from there on out. He did not like the GM Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock sent Antonio Brown a letter detailing all of the fines that he had to pay for. Those fines include unexcused absences, missed walkthroughs, team meetings, everything. Antonio Brown did not like it one bit. He said he was being treated unfairly, and it went even worse after that. During one of the practices, Antonio Brown got into an argument with one of the strength and conditioning coaches and even got into a confrontation with Mike Mayock to the point where he actually called them a cracker. Now, Antonio Brown obviously denies that, but according to multiple sources, that is what he called Mike Mayock, the GM. And just when you think things couldn't get much worse, it actually did. So John Gruden, their head coach, called Antonio Brown I wanted to know, was he all in for the team or not? It was supposed to be a private call between those two. And instead, what Antonio Brown does is he posts a video on his YouTube or IG account showing the conversation that John Gruden and him were having that was supposed to be in private. Because of that, the Raiders lost trust in him because they could not trust him to keep a secret with anything. So they released him and let him walk to whatever other team he desired to choose. The next team that Antonio Brown signs with are the New England Patriots. He signs for $15 million, $9 million signing bonus as well. The Patriots were fully aware of all of the misconducts that Antonio Brown has been going through within those past few months. Those misconducts include a trainer filing lawsuits saying that he, she was sexually assaulted by Antonio Brown. He exposed himself to her and raped her. There was another woman who accused him of sexual misconduct as well. He also had a problem with a Pittsburgh-based doctor who was also Antonio Brown's doctor for the team, filed a lawsuit for not getting paid what Antonio Brown had owed him. They were unpaid fees as well. And finally, Antonio Brown also was charged for burglary and battery charges in Florida. He was also accused for sending threatening text to the woman who said that Antonio Brown in the past would say things that would make her uncomfortable 
and was also very threatening. When all of those things happened while in New England, the New England Patriots only asked Antonio Brown to play football, not to get involved in anything else, let the NFL take care of his off-the-field issues, but Antonio Brown could not keep quiet. They decided to cut him. They had enough of his antics, and it was only for one game. So it lets you know that they did not want to mess around with this any longer. So then, it's March of 2020. Tom Brady has left New England and decides to go to Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians was asked about bringing Antonio Brown to Tampa Bay to be with Tom Brady, who had always wanted A.B. to play with him because he knows of the world talent that he is. Bruce Arian had said in March, quote, It's not going to happen. There's no room. It's just not going to happen. It's just not a fit in here. So for those who also don't know about this, Bruce Arians was actually the offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2010 and 2011 when Antonio Brown was a Steeler in 2010, his rookie year. So he had an idea of what Antonio Brown could be, both as a player, but also as a person. So initially, he didn't want Antonio Brown because he said he was not a fit for the team. But now injuries have happened, obviously, and they signed Antonio Brown. But before signing him, Bruce Arians called all of his veteran players and asked them if they want him to sign Antonio Brown, to which every one of them said they are in for. Now, I've never heard of a coach asking his players, especially all of his veteran players, should I sign this guy? Usually, the coach will just sign a player without letting any of the team leaders know, or they'll go to one of the team leaders, in this case, Tom Brady, and ask, hey, I want to sign this guy. Are you in with this? So, I believe Tom Brady did have something to do with it, but at the end of the day, it does come down to coach's decision and the GM's decision, what they think would be best for their team. With that being said, I believe Antonio Brown right now with Tampa Bay helps them short-term-wise. Yes, they can win the Super Bowl. In the case of a long run, I don't know how this is going to turn out because Tampa Bay already has great receivers. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but right now he has a finger injury. He had to get surgery on, but he should be back within a few weeks. You also have Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski still there. That's a lot of good receivers on that team. And knowing Antonio Brown, he always views himself as a number one receiver. Mike Evans is a number one receiver. So Antonio Brown has to be on his best behavior because this is basically his last chance to prove himself that, hey, not only am I still one of the best receivers in football, but I'm also a changed man. I've learned from my mistakes and I will not let those off the field incidents and my in the field action affect the team and myself. I believe Antonio Brown will be humble but we don't know how long can it last. He has to swallow his pride and ego and be a team guy instead of a me guy. 
And that's where I think Tom Brady comes in huge to help out. I believe if Tom Brady can get him to focus just on playing football and not to be a me guy, then Tampa Bay is going to do fine. Now, let's talk about the best division in football this year, the NFC West. You have the Seahawks 5 and 1, the Cardinals 5 and 2, the Rams 5 and 2, the 49ers 4 and 3. Who would have thought this would be the best division in football? And you know what's the sad part about this? At the bare minimum, two or maybe three of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. Very sad. Very sad indeed. So far, these first two months of football and the Seattle Seahawks have proven that they are the best team in the NFC for now. Just for now. They did lose to Arizona because, you know, they made some uh, questionable decision makings towards the end of the game. But it's one game. We'll see how they move forward. But there are some issues with this team that I have to discuss that is worrisome. For Seattle, they cannot keep on relying on Russell Wilson to win them football games. That defense has to play better. This defense is not the same as it once was back then when they won their Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom. This Seahawks defense is so bad. They are last in yards a game at allowing 479 yards a game. They're last in passing allowed. They allow 368 passing yards a game. Now, they are 12th in rush defense allowed, but at the same time, it's not the best. They're allowing 110 yards a game. They're 23rd in scoring defense at 28 points a game. I will say one thing about that defense, though. Despite them giving up all those yards, giving up all those points, they have a plus 5 turnover differential. So they do take the football away. They have already 8 interceptions, and they have 4 forced fumbles. That they have recovered. So I got to give them credit for that. But in a division that they're in right now. With defenses like the Rams and the 49ers. Defenses like Tampa Bay's. They really have to fix that defense up. Make sure they get it going before the playoffs start. Because if they are going to allow that much yards and points. The rest of the way. When the playoffs starts. It's going to be a very long afternoon for that defense because they can't afford to go in a shootout with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They cannot afford to go in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They just lost a shootout to the Cardinals in Arizona. What makes you think they can beat the Rams in a shootout? So they got to get that defense fixed. But I still think they're going to win this division. And I still believe they're going to be the number one seed overall. I just don't see how they don't get this number one seed. I look at their schedule. They can beat the 49ers next week. They can beat the Bills the following week. November 15th, they versus the Rams. I think they lose that game. They host the Cardinals after that. I think they'll win that game for revenge. After losing a heartbreaker last week. They go to Monday Night Football against the Eagles. That's a win. Eagles are going nowhere, honestly. Then they play the Giants. That's a win. The Jets win. They versus Washington at Washington. That's a win. Then they have to host the Rams. That's a win, I think. And then finally, 
they go to San Francisco to end the season, but I think they'll already have clinched the division and the number one seed, and they'll lose that game. So I see them at 13-3. and three. Everyone is on the hype train that is the Arizona Cardinals, led by Kyler Murray. Honestly, I do want to see him succeed. I like him a lot. I just also have so much respect for Larry Fitzgerald. I'm still pretty mad that the Cardinals lost that Super Bowl in 2008 to the Steelers. Larry Fitzgerald deserved that Super Bowl, but, you know, that's all in the past. But, unfortunately, I just don't know how are they going to even make the playoffs. I think of these four teams in that division, in the NFC West, I just think the Cardinals, based on a tougher schedule, expectations are starting to go up. I just don't know if they have it in them to make it to the playoffs. I don't think this is their year. I think they're going to give a few teams a scare, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't see how. Not to mention, this is Kyler's second year in the NFL. I just don't know how is he going to manage. I look at their schedule. I see them going 9-7, and seven, but it's just very tough because teams that I see them losing to, they can lose to Buffalo. They can lose to the Seahawks. They can definitely lose to the Rams. They can even lose to the 49ers. I just don't know how are they going to win more than 10 games in this division. Again, I do like this team. I just don't think this is their year to make the playoffs at all. Maybe next year. They just need a few more pieces. But this year, I I just don't see a chance. The next team I want to discuss right here are the 49ers. There's one thing that's holding back the 49ers from making the playoffs, and I believe it'll be the injuries that may catch up to them. And they have a lot of injuries. Nick Boza, he's out with a torn ACL. Solomon Thomas, he's out with a torn ACL as well. Ezekiel Ansah, he has a bicep injury out for the year. Richard Sherman, he has a calf injury, but he should be back by week 10 though. But we don't know how he's going to be healthy-wise. I don't know if he'll be 80%, 100%. I don't know if he'll be as electrifying, as quick as ever. I don't know what am I going to expect from him. Jordan Reed has a knee problem, but then again, this is Jordan Reed. He always gets injured. But if, God forbid this happens, if George Kittle were to get hurt, at least Jordan Reed is a very good tight end when healthy, but that's the problem. He's never healthy. Tevin Coleman, he has a knee injury. We don't know when he's coming back. Raheem Mostert, he has an ankle injury. I don't know how long is he going to be gone as well. So the 49ers, they are decimated with injuries all over the place. More so on the defensive end, but yet that just goes to show you how good this defense is because despite all of their injuries, they are fifth in defensive yards allowed. They are third in passing defense, ninth in rush defense, and fifth in points allowed. That's how good this defense is, but they can't afford to keep getting more injuries to that side of the field. Otherwise, it's going to get worse on them. But what will hold the 49ers back, not only will it be their injuries, but it could also be Jimmy Garoppolo. Their offense right now is not what it was last year. They're 12th in offensive yards a game, which is fine. They're 15th in passing, but they got to get better at that because... In a league where it has evolved so much, where you have to throw the football more so than ever. 
You have quarterbacks throwing for 400, 500 plus yards now. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to throw the ball better. He has to take care of the ball better as well. They're eighth in rushing, which is fine. So it takes a lot of pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo. But if they take that run game away, they have to throw the football well. They're 16th in points per game at 26 points a game. So right now their defense is keeping them afloat, but their offense needs to get intact. I think if they can fix up their offense, I think they're going to be fine. And if the injuries are not going to decimate them defensively, I believe the 49ers are going to be fine. However, I don't think it'll be enough to win the division. I believe that they'll make the wild card. They can get one game, make it to the divisional round. But anything after that, I don't see it happening. Which leads me to the last team. The Los Angeles Rams. Shoutouts to Leo. He's a Rams fan. Anyways, um, for the Rams, I think they're the most complete team in this division. Since the 49ers have so many injuries around them. Right now, the Rams are playing very, very well. They are right now 10th in scoring offense. They're 18th in passing offense, though, so they got to get that fixed. But they're 7th in rushing, and they're 19th in scoring. So they're playing well offensively, running the football. I think as the season progresses, they're going to get better and better. And I believe the Rams' playoff fates will all come down to will Jared Goff win them the game or will he lose them the game? Jared Goff will be key for this Rams team if they plan to make it far and to win a Super Bowl. We know how good that defense is, but a great defense will eventually get tired if their offense is going three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, or not producing points. So it will come down to Jared Goff. However, you could make the case that that defense could also carry that offense if that offense is not going to live up to the expectations. That defense is legit, though. Sixth in yards allowed at 312 yards a game. They are fifth in passing defense allowed, 212 yards a game. They are second in points allowed at 17 points a game. And they are seventh against the run at exactly 100 yards a game. So that Rams defense is big time, led by Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, John Johnson, Michael Brockers. This defense is good enough to carry this team to at least the NFC Championship game. But at the same time, if they verse a high-flying offense such as Seattle, Tampa Bay, Green Bay to a lesser extent, Jared Goff is going to have to put up points. To me, I still believe they're the more complete team in that division. But... With the strength of their schedule, they may lose some tough games on the road because some of their tougher games are on the road compared to at home. And that's why I don't think they could win the division. However, I would not be surprised if they do win the division if the Seahawks defense manages to let Russell Wilson down. So it'll be interesting to see. So for me, it's a two-team race for that division between the Seahawks and the Rams. And whoever wins their tiebreaker based on division records or the conference record will be the number one seed in the NFC overall. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-0, everyone. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 6-0. And it makes me sick 
Do you know why? Because I hate the black and yellow. Obviously, I like their players. I like Big Ben. I love Mike Tomlin. Juju Smith-Schuster, I like him a lot. But I can't stand the Steelers for one simple reason. As a Cowboys fan, they have more Super Bowl wins than our team. They have six wins. We have five. And so I despise them. So, obviously, I'm going to root for them always. But let's talk positive about them for this segment. They are 6-0. and They just won last week at Tennessee against the Titans, led by Derrick Henry. They contained Derrick Henry to a total of 75 yards running the football, and the Titans only ran the football for 82 yards. So one could make the argument that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team in football, right? They're 6-0. They haven't lost a game yet. They've beaten a Tennessee team that was also undefeated. However, I still need to see what the Steelers are going to do this coming Sunday. This Sunday, they go to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who are coming off a bye week. They are 4-1 right now. Their only losses to Kansas City. Now, everyone always asks the question, can the Steelers' defense stop Lamar's offense? When you mean offense, do you mean can they stop Lamar Jackson from running the football so effectively? Yes, they can. And here's why I believe they're going to beat the Ravens in Baltimore this Sunday. The Baltimore Ravens right now are ranked 27th in total offense. They average 342 yards of total offense. They are 31st in passing offense at 177 a game, but they are number one in rushing the football at 164 yards. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense allows 68 yards a game running the football. They are number six against the pass at 217 yards a game. They are number one in total yards allowed at 286 yards. And they are sixth in points allowed at 19 points a game. This defense is going to slow down Lamar Jackson. They're going to contain him. They're going to make sure Lamar Jackson beats them throwing the football instead of running the football. Here's why I say this. Tennessee last week was ranked 5th in running the football at 145 yards a game. And Pittsburgh shut them down to 82 yards. Derrick Henry ran 75 yards. Derrick Henry right now is the best running back in football. So if they can slow Derrick Henry down, they can obviously contain Lamar Jackson. The Pittsburgh Steelers will make sure Lamar Jackson beats them throwing the football. They do not want Lamar Jackson to beat them with his legs because if he beats them with their legs, it's going to be a long day for the Steelers. Having said that, the Steelers will win this game. It's not going to be as close as everyone thinks. I believe the Steelers will win this game 27-20, to 20, but the Ravens are going to have to, you know, make their way back after coming back from a huge deficit. I believe the Steelers will go up big and they're going to let their foot off the gas, but then at the end, they're going to make sure they do not prevent them from making a comeback. The real question will be now this. When the Steelers win at Baltimore, will they finally get the respect that they deserve on them being the best team in football? Because everyone still says Kansas City's the best team. Some have argued that Baltimore's the best team. 
But if Pittsburgh wins this game the way I think they're going to win, by controlling Lamar Jackson and that offense from running the football, they are going to be a very dangerous team to play in the playoffs, especially in Pittsburgh. And like I've said before, no team wants to go to Pittsburgh during the cold, especially when it comes to the playoffs. And just like that, that is the end of today's episode. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. Next week, we're going to discuss Tua Tangalova's debut against the monstrous Rams defense. We're going to discuss the Saints at the Bears. And we'll even talk about whether Lamar Jackson can pull off a miraculous victory against that vaunted Steelers defense. So until then, I am Carlos signing out.